For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Now the 3-2 swung on, a pop foul back here. Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. So once again, it'll be a 3-2. And Holmes ready to deal. A ground ball to third. Donaldson squares, throws to first, in time. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. You know, that foul ball actually hit me. It kind of glanced off my forehead. Though I took one for the team. Right before the show started, Matt Casey, our producer, said there's a little icebreaker. I think he said face breaker. (laughs) I think he meant to say face breaker. Good Lord, I hadn't seen that. John Sterling is older than me, which is saying something. Taking a baseball off the face? Are you kidding me? And continuing to function? A baseball? That's how we do it. That's how the Yankees do it, baby. We just take it and we keep going. We just keep fighting. We keep winning. That's how they do it. That's that's what John Sterling does. (laughs) Running through walls, (laughs) taking baseballs in faces. What else are they going to do? That's that's what we do. Suggestion of George Costanza? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we're going to go there, but uh, yeah. yeah, he's one of a kind, John Sterling. I mean, he's special. He he. If I remember this correctly, right, like just. He's, you know, barely misses games, was on a little hiatus here, I think, just recently, which is really rare. But, I mean, all-time legend radio announcer for the Yankees. And, you know, who come on, who's more crazy with him with the Yankees win and all that stuff at the end? You would think there would be some sort of protection. I guess not. If it gets up over that fence, it's watch out, baby. And Here they keep those windows open, I Heads guess, up. right? So they can hear certain things. You can, you know, so the fan can enjoy, I guess, the background noise a little bit, which does come through on the radio and is, is quite enjoyable. So I guess that's why. But you're right. It's a good point. You don't always think that it's wide open like that for those guys. Well, and you've seen over the years the netting at baseball games right. has yep. become more prevalent. Damn lawyers. They always blame the lawyers for that. Yeah, they are avoiding potential liability to – 
customer that is going to take a baseball to the head and have a serious injury. I mean, you go to a hockey game now, they've got netting up because there have been pucks, slap shots that have killed people. So you have to provide a safe environment for the people that you want to show up and, you know, pay money to watch the game. You're not paying money to show up and die. So <laughs> it, wow. it can be a safety hazard. Uh, thank you. Dr. Thank Doom you is here, baby. Well, you're here. Dr. Yep. Doom. Hey, nothing like flesh, a Monday. And, hey, you, you might die from a buck. You might die from a baseball. Hey, good morning. Good to see you. Yep. All right. So uh, what else did you do on a happy note this weekend? Anything good? Most of the safety advancements we've seen over the last 50 years have been the result of litigation or the threat of litigation right. I hear that people you. want to complain about lawyers. I I'm hear just you. saying. And I, I haven't you. practiced law in 14 years, but I did it long enough. And one of the reasons I have earned that mask is when you practice law. Anybody out there who is a practicing lawyer knows <laughs> that what you do in that job, you can take it down anytime you would like. What you do... Because I need to scratch my forehead. I need it to be gone to scratch my forehead. I don't know that it'll see it if it's a mask up. But what you do is you constantly clean up that unforeseen thing that happens. Something's happened that nobody expected that has created a big mess. So you do that long enough, you start anticipating the big messes. Right. And you start navigating around them. And I do that with everything, every business transaction I do. Why are you worried about that? Let me tell you why I'm worried about that. Because if I don't worry about that... This is going to happen. So we need to worry about that now to protect against this happening. Oh, you're being paranoid. No, no, I'm just being realistic because I've been there and I've done that, unfortunately. Or fortunately because it paid the bills for a while until this started paying the bills. This is PFT Live. This is Peacock if you're watching live. Sirius XM 85 if you're listening live. Podcast if you're not listening live. And Sky Sports Action if you're not watching live or wherever these clips end up YouTube, the NFL on NBC page, all of the various clips that get embedded into PFT posts and everywhere else this stuff goes. Airports, hello, hello, safe travels. It is so weird. Have you been out in the wild yet and seen the show? Like, it is jarring, and I would probably, like, make sure my shirts fit me a little bit better and my makeup's properly applied and my hair's not going all over the freaking place if I was reminded on a regular basis that, like in every major airport, we show up at some point. I know. I, I am aware of that. I am. I, I get people that like send me pictures or videos quite often when they're in the airport and said something like that. But you're already screwed. They've already seen your bad wardrobe and your shirts and pants that don't fit. So there's nothing you can do. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I wasn't meant for you, somebody there who's waiting for the flight to Detroit. Could we mess with them and say, like, flight 2318? To Detroit has been canceled. Please go home. I mean, I think I, I mean to just, I just funny. They can't. I don't even think the audio's on. No, it I've heard the audio a couple of times. Usually, it's just closed caption. Yes, exactly. But even then, somebody just looked up and saw flight twenty three nineteen to Detroit is canceled. Go home. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I hope right. they sue you, you uh, lawyer. Jeez, you jerk. That's uh, fine. You that's fine. Right, we, I've got, I've got immunity. Any other? You didn't do anything. You watch any sporting events this weekend? Nothing. No. Watch? None. You didn't watch the None. NBA finals on Friday night at all? You didn't no. check that out? No. You didn't watch the no. greatest tennis Nuggets player win. in the history of tennis no. win the French Open on Peacock no. and on NBC and this yesterday? Is, this is, look, this is, <laughs> this is causing issues for me. You got Novak Djokovic, and you've got Nikola Djokic, and I can't keep them straight. <laughs> it is tough. And when I think <laughs> of one, when I'm thinking of one, like I was coming up the steps this morning thinking of this, the tennis, and it's like, well, what's the basketball player's name? And then once I get the basketball player's name down pat, I can't forget the name of the damn tennis player. Yeah. So I'm just trying to keep it all out of my brain. It's summertime. I'm enjoying the outdoors. 
right? Cooked a couple of nice, big, juicy New York strips last night. I didn't eat both of them. My son and I had a nice dinner together. My wife's visiting her aunt down in Houston. So we've had a couple of days here of just me and the dog and my son. Relaxing. What's been going on? Hey, last time, you know, you snuck away from mom and everybody. You got into, you know, mom's away. The kids shall play. You had some fun when you... You're at the Super no, Bowl. Well, she was there, but she was wasn't home. around. She was there. She was there, but she, she was wasn't around. Sleep. She doesn't know what went down, right? So, I mean, you know, she's well, thank you. Maybe yeah. she does now. <laughs> she's not watching. She's we, in Houston. <laughs> she's in Houston, and it's an hour behind. I think. No, I, we we had a very we had a very calm, relaxing weekend. Okay, it was, it was nice. Good. There's no. There, it's not legal here. Can't do it here. It's not legal. Oh, I don't yeah. have my medical okay, card. Sure. Yet. Yeah. Nobody's doing it there. Right. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. Nobody cool. at all. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys so, had a good weekend. Good to hear it. Hey, what what did you think? Well, very uh, uh, sharp contrast yesterday in high-profile quarterback appearances at non-NFL events. It started with Tom Brady. Yeah. In let's see the French Open. The French Open. No, which Novak guy is Djokovic. Because I'm thinking of Nikola no, Djokovic. No, Novak. And now Djokovic. I can't remember the yeah. other name. Okay. Novak. That guy. Right. Brady's there in his box, right? And I, I don't know how I feel about Tom Brady just showing up everywhere. Part of me likes my my quarterbacks who are done playing to just go away and never come back. And I understand <laughs> that he's going to be. I understand he's going to be working for Fox. I mean, that's the exception. But I don't need to see Tom Brady everywhere. I really don't need to see it. Tom, you're done playing unless you're not. Unless you're, like, hanging around in the spotlight just enough so people talk about whether or not you're going to come back and play. And maybe they're good friends. I don't know anything about the relationship between the two. But I prefer my retired star quarterbacks to just go away and show up every once in a while. Not constantly. I mean, Tom's just around too much. And he's going to continue to be around. And that's just the way it is. It is. just the way it is. Right. Just it the way is. it is. I got to get way. used to it. You I got to accept it. You do. You He's know, not going away. Get off your lawn. I'll go okay? away before he goes <laughs> okay, away. Get off your own lawn there. All right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, this is this is part of his goatness. I mean, yeah, he he's a crossover. He's he's such a superstar. And for the NFL, really, he's one of our first worldwide stars. And that's what I think it's showing there. I think that's where Brady you know, his greatness goes beyond the field because it extended into other countries, just like we saw in Germany last year. Half the stadium had Tom Brady jerseys on. So that's they're obsessed. And French Open's a big spectacle. There's a, there's a lot of stars there always. Uh, and then there's, there is this connection, or this has been going around the tennis world for like the last year, that Novak Djokovic is basically the Tom Brady of tennis, right? He's ex- obsessed, like a, a science experiment with his body, right? He does everything. He's got people looking over him all the time. Oh, oh, I, right? I, oh I know. Right, you know. Oh, I'm well, aware. He, he's, I re- oh, well, he's kicking I know. butt. I remember. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, now I remember something from a couple of years ago that caused him to not gain entry into the United States, but that's a different issue altogether. Yeah, sure. I just sure. I feel like there's a point where you got to surrender the spotlight to, to the, that goat to the people like, in the arena. Having Tom right. lingering around, like is is Jokovic? Is he there? In a suite at the Super Bowl, I don't know because I guess the cameras really aren't going to be. Oh, look, we got to get the camera on the great tennis player. Like I don't think. The, the football broadcast really cares about that as much as the tennis broadcast would care about having Tom Brady there, which I guess I guess makes your point. Tom Brady's a great crossover ambassador of sport. That's what I mean. Yada, yada, right. yada. 
I'm sorry. I prefer the days. And look, I was a huge Fran Tarkenton fan, but once he was gone, he's done. You move on. You stand down. And he was on TV. He was on That's Incredible. I mean, he had a fairly extensive and successful TV career, but he wasn't just like hanging around, just popping up different places like Where's Waldo. There's just something about that. Speaking of that, the other thing, the dichotomy from the French Open to the Tony Awards. (laughs) This one is just like... This is just bizarre. I I started seeing tweets that Aaron Rodgers, as at the Tonys, with tight end C.J. Uzama, maybe he felt left out because all the other guys got to go to the basketball and the hockey. And it's like, all right, C.J., let's go to the Tonys. All right, all the sports are done. What can we do? Let's go to the Tonys. And you got C.J. taking it seriously with the tucks, and then Aaron, uh, I I don't know which one was, like, is one overdressed, is one underdressed? I don't know. But, um... It, it just that's a that's a full embrace of the Big Apple when you're Aaron Rodgers and you're showing up at the Tony. He's living he's living life. He's embracing it. There's no doubt. I don't know by the looks of things. Like I think Rodgers is more appropriately dressed, right? We saw another picture with him in the crowd. It didn't look like everybody in there was wearing tuxedos. I think CJ looks like he's wearing a rental. I think CJ went a little too above. Like he thought he was going to the Oscars or something. And it's like, no, buddy, it's just the Tonys here in the middle of New York City. Relax, okay? <laughs> I don't think he knew what he was in for. Uh, but Rogers, he's getting around. There's no doubt. You know, it's it's uh, he's getting comfortable. There's some rumors here that he bought some ha- bought a house in Jersey somewhere. So you know, slowly but surely, he's indoctrinating himself into the uh, the tri-state area. Well, I'd like to think he's bought something somewhere. I mean, I guess you could just sign a lease for a year, but when you got Aaron Rodgers' money, buy some property, it'll appreciate in value, sell it later, have a nice place. He likes to talk about his great house in California that's so great he can't get a freaking phone call there. Yeah, that's a great house. Every time he mentions that, it's like, oh, I have this great property. The only problem is no one can call me. Yeah, that's a pretty important wrinkle. I remember we were looking at a house here once years ago, 10, 12 years ago, and I was like walking all around the property seeing what kind of cell service I got because I get so many calls on on my cell. It's like that's a fairly important thing, but I guess when you're Aaron Rodgers, it's, yeah, it's not. not. You'd, You'd like to actually not. And I'm now it. at the point where I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have no bars. I'd rather be able to say, sorry, sorry, I, I have no would bars. You? Would you? Would you? I don't know. I don't know if you would. I don't know if you're there yet. You're making strides. I think you're making strides. I think you're still obsessed with that. What did you call it last week? Big brother. That was your word last Big week. Brother. <laughs> Big brother. Big brother. It is. It is. So, and Big Brother has all the evidence that yeah. Over the past four days, this is where I've been. That's the thing. Oh, you want to know what my location is? And that's what. Oh, oh, my, my, my phone's spying on me. Well, you know what? You're boring. <laughs> you go to the mall. You go to Target. You go to Kroger. You go to the pharmacy. You go get your hair cut. That's me. I, I don't care. Follow me around. All right, big brother. Let's go. Let's go for a ride. We're going to the bank. That's it. And then we're coming home. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I'm if I'm feeling Lucky, I'll stop at the dollar store down at the bottom of the hill and get a bag of Snickers because I still can't kick this Snickers habit. Oh, my so, God. Not because right. I had the munchies. Yeah. Not because of the munchies. Okay, sure, not, sure. Just All right. making it clear. All right. I, I Seriously, seriously. I I'm believe not, you. I'm you would tell like, me. You would tell me. I know. I, I know. would tell you. I got no problem with it. I got you. All right. Uh, first 15 minutes of the show, officially exhausted. What about you? What'd you do this weekend? Oh, we no, don't worry about me. It's 15 me minutes in. No, it's, all, it's all about you, baseball, buddy. Don't New worry Jersey about baseball. me. Hey. Oh, yeah, I did. I'm surprised. <laughs> I, 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 nothing about Captain Planet with I-95 falling in from I, the fire in Philly. Isn't that awful? I actually was not even really aware of that until this morning, until producer Matt Casey had talked about it. Like, I saw a little headline on it yesterday. But, yeah, I was Philip baseball this weekend. 
was kind of around doing that. A good weekend, though. Chilled out a little bit. The smoke did clear out of the northeast. It was a little hazy here. We had a nice day yesterday. But no, simple weekend. I'm excited for this to be our last week of work. It does. It feels like the last week of school. I'm excited for it. One of my kids is out of school. My daughter, who's a sophomore in high school, this is her last week too. So, uh, yeah, it's it's got that good energy of like summer's here, and everybody wants to get out and have fun. And I can, you know, you can feel it in the air right now. It's June twelfth. Why is she still in school? It's called the Northeast, and that's what they do in the Northeast, right? So, like when I my senior year of high school, Mike, I didn't get out of school. I think till like June twenty seventh or June twenty fourth. That's what they call summer school. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I uh, know it wasn't. I actually did okay in high school. I had good grades, but yeah, that that's the way they do it here. So yeah, she's just getting done, and then uh, you know, son's in a private school. So you know how it is in private school. Oh. The more you pay, the less they go to school. Mean streets of Greenwich, exactly. raising him right, laissez-faire <laughs> all over the place. All right. Okay, now let's get to it. All right. um, some, some interesting developments over the past few days as it relates to the running back market. Two running backs have franchise tenders that they have not yet signed as they try to get new contracts. Tony Pollard at the Cowboys, not long into the process, had a moment where he thought, you know what, probably a good idea to just take that $10.1 million because until you accept it, it can be taken away. So for Josh Jacobs of the Raiders and Saquon Barkley of the Giants, they haven't accepted it, it could still be taken away. Josh Jacobs tweeted over the weekend, sometimes it's not about you. We got to do it for the ones after us. And that is a rare mindset in pro football. One of the reasons why strikes don't work, work stops don't work, lockouts don't take. The owners will gladly go without a year of football. The players won't, and it's hard to blame them. You've got short careers. You've got a constant supply of new talent coming in, younger, healthier, bigger, faster, stronger, and you don't want to give up a week, much less a year of your career. So Josh Jacobs taking a stand for something – thinking that there's something he can do that's going to help future running backs. But this is where I I fall off yeah. the Josh Jack- Jacobs bandwagon. Because, Josh, we love you. You're great. Great at what you do. But there's nothing you can do to help anybody other than yourself right now. So help yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. Be selfish. Because nothing you can do is going to make it better for running backs. That is a deeper, more detailed yeah. problem that you can't solve by refusing to sign your franchise tender and showing up for the rate. Uh, I'm with you there. You know, I, I like where his heart is. I, I hear him. You know, we talk about this all the time, right, Mike, but don't make yourself the sacrificial lamb here and end up, you know, hurting yourself financially. I, I, again, I, I don't think I, I'm with you in the fact that, you know, what are the avenues that you have to really work here? We know you're really good. You are one of the best running backs in football. There's no doubt about that. But we know teams and offenses can function with B-plus and B, you know, B-minus running backs and still have really good offenses too. So it's not always a necessity. Teams have found ways to kind of make up for that. But, yeah, I'm with you, Mike. And a guy like Josh Jacobs, as special as he is, you know, you can't, you don't want to go too far to where, okay, wait, now you're not playing this year. Now you're not getting your money, right? I know we probably want something where it's a long-term deal, some more money, you know, and security for the future. 
But you're right. I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's not. So I think the best avenue for him is to, you know, come back, play, franchise tag, and continue to beat this drum on this conversation. I think that's the best he can do to help future running backs. But I certainly wouldn't want to see him hurt himself in this conversation and lose money there just to make the point and help, you know, some kid that he doesn't know about 10 years from now or 20 years from now. The problem is the franchise tag for running backs has gone down as the high-end pay for running backs has gone down. Now, the franchise tag used to be the average of the five highest cap numbers at that position in the prior year. Now it's a five-year rolling average of the cap percentage consumed by the five highest paid players at the position. So it smooths out. But what it's done for running backs is it's gone down. And $10.1 million, especially in relation to the other positions. I mean, the quarterback franchise tag is north of $30 million now, running back 10.1. And the way that you negotiate a long-term contract off of the franchise tag, typically, typically, and there are fewer typical situations now than there have been in the past. You take what the guys do to make this year. You take next year under the tag. That's a 20% raise. You combine them together and you fully guarantee that. So for Josh Jacobs, it would be $22.22 million fully guaranteed to cover this year and next year, and then the final three years are the year-to-year team option. And he may want more than that. He may say, I don't want to go by this formula. So the Raiders could say, fine, we'll tag you this year. And then if you're still effective after this year, we'll tag you again. And we'll pay $22.22 million for the next two years. And there's really nothing he can do to reverse that other than sit out a full year like Le'Veon Bell right, did. But now, Le'Veon don't. Bell set out the full year of his second tag, yeah, right. got the Jets to grossly overpay him, and I can't imagine after the Le'Veon Bell example anyone else doing that. If no. Jacobs plays this year, sits out next year, and then becomes a free agent in 2025, I don't think there's going to be somebody that throws a bunch of money at a running back that hasn't played a whole year and is now, what, six, seven years out of college. No, agreed. I mean, well, well I mean, you know, like you talked about, we see guys coming co- out of college every year who come in and are successful, and they're not necessarily first-round picks, right? So that you just talked about Tony Pollard, right? He was a guy that was a mid-round pick. People didn't even know what he wanted, what, what was going to be in the NFL. You know, you get into Ramondre Stevenson of the the Patriots, a mid-round pick, one of the best running backs in football. You know, Algier down in in Atlanta, another mid-round pick at a BYU for the Falcons. So that's where teams look at it and go, wait, to spend all that money on this position where, yeah, we might not get quite the production out of this guy over here, but it's not worth the difference in the cash. And that's where the running back has to be careful. And, yeah, I'm with you. I don't want to see Josh Jacobs, you know, cut off his uh, nose to spite his face here in this one. But at the same time – Damn it! I did it. I did it. And finally, the last four days of work of the year, I got it right finally. But what about – here's the other aspect of this. If the – do the Raiders see any future here with Josh Jacobs? Do Do they envision maybe more than just this year? To where they would even kick around the idea of, hey, let's let's sign a two or three year deal and give a good signing bonus, and maybe we could cut down the yearly cap hit within that. You know, is it worth it there? That would be the one thing I'd look at for the Raiders. But again, I I don't know. That's a dicey situation, and knowing that group coming from New England, they probably don't value one running back quite like that. Well, and remember how weird it was last year when it felt like. 
he was being showcased yeah. at the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. And Josh McDaniels thereafter explained to us that this was just about getting him ready. Running backs need to have a certain amount of Gotta get wear hit. and tear, right. certain number of hits to yeah. get ready to go. But Jacobs still wasn't happy about it. We had him on the show at Super Bowl week, and he was still a little salty about that. Yeah. And you could just tell then – that, that he wasn't real happy with this situation he's found himself in, but it is the reality of the position. It's not the Raiders, it's the running back position. And this new dynamic, this new wrinkle that's been thrown into things, Chris, with Dalvin Cook now officially available to any team that wants him, and Dalvin Cook was due to make $10.4 I don't know what you could get him for. Right, that's the but whole key. But if you key. could get him for, let's just say eight. Let's say you can get him for eight. If you're the Raiders, and hey, you know, we know these teams now. It's analytics, analytics. Every player is interchangeable, especially at the running back position. Okay, we were going to keep Josh Jacobs for maybe one more year anyway. He's rejected whatever offers we've made on a long-term deal. So we're looking at 10.1 this year and a 20% raise next year if we decide to keep him next year. If we're looking at a one-year arrangement with a running back, let's just go get Dalvin Cook. And let's rip the franchise tender off of Josh Jacobs and say, see you later. And that's a risk that Jacobs needs to fully consider, Chris, because whatever would cause the Raiders to do that now, if they would, whether it's Dalvin Cook or they just say, we'll go with a revolving door of no names and we'll block for them and we'll trust that they'll move the chains in our offense like Josh McDaniels saw a revolving door. I don't want to say no names, but not big names. Yeah, no in stars, New right. Right, in part because it's all diluted. You avoid having anybody even in position to get franchise tagged. you got right. three guys you're using all the time. Right. Nobody becomes the star. So we'll just do that. We'll do that, and we'll say, see you later, Josh Jacobs. If all of a sudden, if the Raiders were to rescind the franchise tag today, what's he going to get on the open market, especially with Dalvin Cook out there? He ain't going to get 10.1. No, he's not. You're, you're right. He probably won't get 10.1. You know, you're, you're right in that. Do I think that would be bad business by the Raiders and, like, not look good on them to pull that type of move here? You know, with a guy that they drafted and has, you know, done a lot of good things for their organization and was, you know, maybe the best running back in football last year, certainly in that conversation. I don't think that would do good for Josh McDaniels. I don't. I don't think it would look good on him. You know, your point's valid, but like to me, it's the price that you know, that's a big thing, like what you talked about. It would, would, it, like for the example you set up of, okay, now we know Jacob's making a little north of $10 million. If Dalvin Cook is just going to, wants eight, seven and a half, whatever, th that's not enough of a difference for me to go, oh, let's get rid of the guy that's in the prime of his career and maybe still ascending right now and doesn't have injury issues. That, that 2 or $3 million save is not worth as, as much as I like Dalvin Cook. And we've talked about how explosive he is and all of that for a guy that's coming to the end part of his career or certainly on the, the start of the downslope there with a little bit of an injury history, and we know a concern there with the shoulder and all that, that's to me where it doesn't make sense uh, for the Raiders as far as that, that part of the conversation. Other guys on the roster now at the position include Brandon Bolden, who's been primarily a special teamer, and he's a guy that Josh McDaniels loves. He makes some cameo appearances yeah, that's on right. offense. I'm, Amir Abdullah is on the roster. I mean, there aren't a lot of names. They got the kid from Georgia. Zamir White, right, who they drafted last year. Yes, uh, who, yes. Who I think really was was drafted to be the replacement for Josh Jacobs for the scenario we're seeing right now, Mike. I think that's he was really drafted for that. 
But I think Josh Jacobs was better than the, maybe the Raiders and that group realized when he, you know, when they got there. I, I have a feeling that's kind of what happened too. It was like, whoa, whoa. We knew he was good, but we didn't know he was best running back in football type good. And we heard a few defensive players, right? We met with one. Wasn't one of the Bosa's or whatever tell us that he thought that was the best player he played against this year was Josh Jacobs. But either way, he, he certainly is a, uh, a, a special player at the running back position. And when Josh McDaniels got the job, one of the first things that I think you and I thought of is, uh-oh, Josh Jacobs is going to have an issue here because yeah. McDaniels comes from that, that offensive right. mindset of multiple running backs – Driven by game plan. Yeah. What's our game plan? Right. Which running back best fits what we plan to do against this defense this week? And it isn't going to be the workhorse every down, pound away, pound away, pound away, and end up with 1,653 rushing yards like Jacobs did. He forced their hand by being so great. He he earned Agreed. a C yeah. on the fly. He was so good last year. and. Look, are the Raiders going to be high in contenders this year? I think this is part of the struggle they have. This is, I agree too. I they got we still have to put pressure. a team on the field that is exciting, right? But but how much better does Josh Jacobs really make us, given where we are? The quarterback position's in flux. We don't know if Garoppolo is going to be healthy. We know that there's reason to wonder whether he's going to stay healthy. Is this a luxury at ten point one million that we really don't need to afford? But who are people showing up to watch if we don't have Josh Jacobs? That's a problem with having a star running back. It becomes political as it relates to your you're right. Fan you base. said that. Yeah, they want that guy there. Right. I think I think you're right. I think that that does that is what happens. And for this case, for a guy that I have great respect in, and you know I played for and worked with in Josh McDaniels, I don't think it would do him any good to get rid of a, a Josh Jacobs. You're only setting yourself up for disaster. And like you mentioned too, Mike, you know, they just made a big, you know, organization defining move in getting rid of Derek Carr, the guy that we all thought was kind of warm and cozy and going to be with the Raiders for a while. They're making that move and going to Jimmy Garoppolo, which is controversial to a degree. And it is Josh McDaniels, and people do have a microscope on him a little bit. And there's the Devontae Adams and his conversation and what he said. So, And it's the AFC West, and people want results. And to that, that's where I go, that's why you don't get rid of Josh Jacobs right now, You know, for all of those things. For the very least, it's going to help bring Jimmy Garoppolo along and get things going there to where they can rely on that, and it'll make life easy on them. And I think that's where the value of Josh Jacobs is for, for the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Josh Jacobs remains unsigned, so he hasn't been around. He's not employed by the Raiders right now. He's not signed to a contract. Ditto for Saquon Barkley, franchise tagged by the Giants. And he won't be at this week's mandatory minicamp because, again, he's not currently employed by the Giants. And in theory, there's a way that you can show up, and franchise players have done that before. I remember when Dwight Freeney was tagged by the Colts. He showed up for all the meetings, show of good faith, but he wasn't going to step on the football field without a long-term contract. Barkley's just not going to be in the building. And Barkley is getting a little bit prickly over the idea that the Giants are leaking things in an effort to make him look greedy. And when I saw that, Chris, first thing I thought of was Eli Manning several years ago was entering the last year of a contract and somebody from the Giants leaked that Eli Manning wants to be the highest paid player in football to make him look bad Yeah, because he wasn't the best player in football. But when you looked at what his franchise tag was going to be, because he had a high cap number in the last year of his contract, he would have been entitled to a 20% (laughs) raise over that high cap number. His cap number, his franchise tag, it would have made him the highest paid player in football. And if you negotiate a contract off of the tag, yes, he'll be the highest paid player in football. It was during that weird period of time when Joe Flacco was the highest paid quarterback and right. nobody was really pushing, pushing up the bar. because Brady was clearly the best and he wasn't insisting on getting paid accordingly. So right. it was just kind of like, what's up with the quarterback market? So, yeah, Eli was in position just to just reasonably negotiate a contract that would have made him the highest paid player in football. But somebody put that out there to make him look bad, to make him look greedy. And it's got to be somebody named Mara or Tish who's doing this because this same thing's happening three regimes later where you've got somebody who seems to be trying to work the media against the player to make the player look greedy and make the player look bad. Eli didn't complain about it because that was just Eli. But Saquon, to his credit, is calling it out. Stop trying to make me look greedy. This is business. Because we know how the fans are. The fans line up behind the laundry. And that's the billionaire's privilege. All the fans get behind you when they're fighting against those greedy players whose careers can end in any given moment. But, but, you know, it's their fault when they want to get paid properly. So I like it that Saquon is taking this stand and saying, stop it. Giants, stop it. And I don't think this is a Brian Dayball or Joe Shane thing. I think this is ownership driven or like high levels of the organization because this is the playbook. This is the playbook. Let's make the guy look greedy and let's get the fans on our side. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that pulled this move, certainly. I'm sure there's a little frustration. You know, I saw some of the numbers that were thrown out there, you know, over the last few days that they said that he was offered or whatever else. You know, I I don't know what to believe there. I'm sure they're generally right. 
You're right. Yeah, they're trying to put a little pressure on him, get public, you know, to, the, the, to persuade the public and thinking, yeah, he is greedy or we offered him this and, you know, this is a lot for the running back position. I, I, you know, it, th- this is it's a lot like the Josh Jacobs conversation, except this is a guy that's maybe a bigger star and a bigger highlight factory as far as a football player. I and mean, this is, you know, this is like what we talked about with Dalvin Cook. There's only a few people, you know, in, in football, like we were talking about with Cook last week, where you can get the ball to this guy at any part of the field, just like we showed in the highlight package a few minutes ago. They're on their own five-yard line. They give the ball to Saquon Barkley around the left edge, and he's gone against the Tennessee Titans, and it can outrun everybody. But at the same time, yeah, the Giants are trying to be careful about a guy that's coming off a torn ACL not too long ago. This was the first year he looked, you know, like the the second pick of the draft again. It's been quite some time there. So I just hope they can find a sweet spot there, Mike. But I don't know what that sweet spot is. I mean, two, three-year deal. Don't tag him then. Don't tag him. Let the market determine his worth, right? That's the thing I hate about the franchise tag. It's an artificial barrier for a player to find out what he's worth relative to the 32 teams. And so – you use that to squat on him, but then you don't want to pay him. And and when you look at a guy who was third overall pick in the years after they took away the big money that the third overall pick would have gotten, he's never gotten a big payday. Yeah. He plays a position that is conducive to injury. It's not his fault as ACL tour. Right. He's in those car crashes every play. Yeah. And they had no O-line and, around him, so that's why he was in some of those vulnerable yeah. positions. Right. I keep going back to your thought, and I've been pushing this on the website. Yeah, the idea that they need to have a league-wide fund that pays young running backs as they go, right. as they earn, right. as they gain yards and touchdowns and become the fantasy football darlings. It's good for football. You know, they, they are so obsessed with how good quarterbacks are for football, and they are. A great young running back is good for football, but by the time he's in a position to get paid – He's not going to get paid for what he's already no, done. No, no. I, he may be banked yeah. up by then. Right, and, right. And they need to have a way to, to reward these guys financially early in their careers when they are most deserving of it, but they have no leverage whatsoever to get a new contract. Yeah, it's, it's, it's messed up. It is. You know, I think about the uh, you know, old running backs of the past, Arian Foster, right, undrafted free agent, Alfred Morris of the Washington Redskins of the time, the commanders now, all that where they're late-round picks, they're getting peanuts, and they're leading the NFL or top three in rushing. I mean, they're one of the best in the game, and they get nothing there. And that, that's not right. It's not. And that, that's where, like, the NFL, the NFLPA, they want to talk about taking care of their own. That, this is one where they are kind of, you know, turning a blind eye or whatever the hell they say in that saying there. It, it doesn't that's make good. sense. All right, that good. Works. I made it work. But either way, with, with yeah, either a fund – you know, that's conducive to performance that, you know, has to be significant or can they erase the rule of like for running backs, at least take away the first three years thing, right? That's to me, the only leg these guys have is guys like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. A lot of the times it's like, like you're talking about after the first contract's over, everybody goes, well, oh, you've been beat up. You've been hit a lot. So we don't want to give you more money. We don't know how you know healthy you're going to stay. The best avenue these star running backs have, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, is basically have like one good year. Run for 1,000 yards and go, I'm holding out. 
or run for 1,000 yards two years in a row and go, that's it, you've seen it, I'm really good, I'm one of the best running backs, you know, screw off, and I'm going to sit out now until you pay me the next few for the next few years. But, of course, that's against the NFL rules right now, and that would be another way I would think you could skirt some things or figure out a way how to pay them if they could take that rule away. And something we've said before, and this goes back to a quote from Ben Tate, who was a pretty good NFL running back for a couple of years out of Auburn, played for the Texans, I think signed with the Browns as a free agent at yeah, some point. But right. he said during his career, if I had to do it all over again, I would have been a safety. And we've said, mamas, don't let your great young athletes grow up to be running backs. Move to a different position. If you think this guy has NFL potential, do not let him be a running back because it's going to limit his earnings. It's going to limit his career. It's going to set him up for greater injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Should the NFL want that to happen? Is that what it's going to take? And we know how reactive, not proactive the league is. But are we thinking 10, 15, 20 years down the line, Whereas all of a sudden it's like, where are all the running backs go? Oh, they're playing other positions. Well, our running backs all stink. Where's, there's no great running backs anymore because all the great athletes who would have been great running backs are doing other things now. Yeah. I don't think the NFL should want that. You should want it to be an attractive position from a business standpoint. So this is one where it would be wise to get ahead of it. It would be wise to not you know cross your arms and harumph and say we're not paying anymore and we need that money for our super yachts. We're going to take care of these guys. We're going to give them incentives to continue to be running backs. We're going to tweak our model so they do get compensated early in their careers when they are the ones leading the highlight packages. They are the ones whose jerseys people are buying. They are the ones who everybody wants on their fantasy team. You know, Jonathan Taylor, after last year, I mean, he was the guy going into last year. It seems like every year the guy ends up not being the guy. Something happens because of the running back position. So let's celebrate and compensate these guys when they are burning the brightest. Because the way this works, by the time they're due for their second contract, they're not burning so brightly anymore. No, I know. I know. But, you know, the name you brought up is part of the reason there's a problem, too. Hey, there's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he was the best running back in football. Oh, oh, he hurt his ankle, and he wasn't quite the same this year. And we paid him a ton of money. And now, so it it is a tough one. It is tough. But I think that the NFL and everybody could find a way here to, you know, do something about this conversation because it's not fair. And like you're saying, these are people who drive ratings and interest. Other than a great quarterback. Right. I mean, you're electric. I don't know. After a great quarterback, what's the number one thing people love to tune in and watch? Probably a great running back, a guy who's in space that can make stuff happen and go crazy. I mean, there's nothing He's better than loose. that. Right. There's nothing better than that. There's still great value to that in the football game and for the viewing pleasure of, of the audience there. I mean, man, watching Saquon Barkley or you know Nick Chubb or Josh Jacobs or one of these guys make some crazy run and then jump over some guy and run down the sidelines, that's some of the greatest physical feats we see in our country in sports. But unfortunately, yeah, it's brutal, and I don't know what the NFL or the NFLPA is going to be able to do about it. I remember Adrian Peterson's first game, Vikings-Falcons, 2007, week one, a little swing pass and gone. Well, Nothing makes a quarterback look better than a running back that takes a little five-yard pass and runs 80 yards with it to the house. Well, it, All that's those yards crazy. go in his passing yards, baby. That's what's crazy. Well, it, it, that's where it doesn't seem right is the guy who's in the locker room known as the freakiest athlete and the best football player and the strongest and the fastest, 
He's the one that's getting screwed over in football more than anybody. It's crazy. It is. And yeah, a guy like that, I mean, you you know, some of the greatest specimens I ever saw in my life are running backs. If you took maybe the top 20 specimens I ever saw in my life, I would think maybe running back would be the one that would probably have the most there. You know, think about the person we're talking about. Saquon Barkley can run like a 100-meter sprinter, can lift weights like he's a, a like an NFL defensive tackle. You know, he can dunk like an NBA player. You know, he can swing a bat and hit a baseball like a baseball player, but he's going to have a short career and not make that much money because he's too great of an athlete and he's going to get killed doing it and not be the same and not get compensated, and that just doesn't seem right. We should want players like that to continue to be running backs, and the league should create a financial incentive to get them to do it. But see, the problem is they don't have to until they wake up one day and say, where have all the running backs gone? So the goal, NFL, is to be proactive for a change, not reactive, not maybe we should do something about these gambling policies after 10 players are suspended. Right? Maybe we should do something about it before the 10 players are suspended. Maybe we should do something about the running back position before there are no running backs left. Let's anticipate problems, solve them, anticipate the unintended consequences, because sometimes it's not as hard as you make it out to be. And let's try to make the game better for everyone and more fair for the running backs who are out there taking that pounding and earning relative to what they're giving to the game nothing. And then when it's time to get paid, their team leaks that they're being greedy because they don't want to pay them. Because now when you get to this point, yeah, you got a guy that's got a lot of wear and tear. What are we going to do now? We got Saquon Barkley. Fans love him. We'd like to keep him. What are we going to do? How are we going to pay him? How's this going to work? So I get it. And for both guys, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, the deadline for a long-term deal is July 17th. It's usually the 15th. When it lands on a weekend, it kicks to Monday. This year, it's the 17th. Long-term deal. By then, if not 4 p.m. Eastern that day, anything after that is a one-year deal only. So they're both posturing for that offer that presumably will come as we get closer to July 17. Deadline-driven business. They're working their way in that direction. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I And Barkley isn't ruling out holding out into the regular season. Again, I don't know that that helps him. Yeah, I don't think but, it does. Yeah. But – what what other I know what other that, that that's that's the shame. It's like you know yeah, like you talked about with Le'Veon Bell before. He played hardball, you know. He wanted to maximize what he could make, but you know, sitting out a year, he he wasn't the same when he came back. And you know, there was great value and also in the 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 scheme and the team and how they used him in Pittsburgh. And you know, so that's where the running back has to be careful too. You don't want to just go sign somewhere for the, the quick money grab and then go, damn, I fell into oblivion because they don't know how to use me and do things the right way with me. So it, it is a very tough conversation. But, yeah, I'd like to think that we got enough smart people around the league that can figure out how to protect some of the greatest specimens we have in the sport at the running back position. So Dalvin Cook is available. Officially happened on Friday. The Vikings did the last ditch. Hey, anybody out there that wants to trade for this guy, we're cutting him tomorrow, so please call. And if anyone did, it wasn't enough to get a deal done. He's available for any amount that anyone wants to offer. Now, he's got $2 million in hand. The Vikings owe him $2 million fully guaranteed subject to offset. So the question is, how much more than $2 million does it take 
to get him to say, I'll play. You know, if it's $3 million, if that's the best offer he gets, then surely he'll get more than three. But if it's $3 million to go play this year versus $2 million to not play, and you can get yourself fully healthy and become a free agent, and you already are a free agent, but you can hit the market in March when the money's there, maybe you do that if the best you're going to get is $3 million. $4 million, $5 million, $6 million, where's the number where Dalvin Cook says, I'll do it, and what's that maximum number that's going to be out there? We don't know yet. Surely 10.1 or 10.4 million, what he was due to make in Minnesota is not going to be there or someone would have traded for him. So Chris, that's, what's fascinating to me. What's that magic number to get Dalvin cook to sign? And is he going to go to the highest bidder regardless of contender status, or is he going to be strategic about saying, okay, I'm going to take less here, but we got a better team, better O line, better chance for a championship. What is his priority? I think it's making the most he possibly can, and I got no problem with that, but that's part of what we're going to see play out in the coming days. Yeah, I, I'll be interested. We know he's a difference maker. He's going to make a team, especially a contender, if it was a Miami or somebody like that, we're going to go, whoa, oh, no, wow, they got something special there. They're scary, right? And, yeah, hopefully he can find the sweet spot. If I were advising him, I'd go take a little less – be on a really good team, show everybody what you got. Hopefully they got a few running backs that can extend your career. And instead of maybe looking for one big, oh, I got $12 million in one year, right? You know, maybe you can strike it here where you can get eight, $9 million a year for a few years in a row if you pick the right situation. So I'll be interested to see what happens with them. And, and it feels like the Dolphins are the only team – I hear legitimate rumors with Dalvin Cook being associated with them. Nobody else, and even that sounded kind of quieted down here. So uh, I wonder how long this will play out or he'll be on the street here before something happens. I think this is similar to what happened to DeAndre Hopkins a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. There's that early phase where everybody just kind of steps back and lets the players' expectations dwindle. Drop. Yeah, right. Yes. It's yeah. too much for now, so no one's going to chase him and validate the price that he has placed on his services that is higher than what anyone wants to pay. The Dolphins surely don't want to jump in with a major contract, not with all those weapons they have. And that's what it comes down to with the Broncos. Okay, Mike Kliss of Nine News in Denver suggested a week or so ago that the Broncos could be interested in Dalvin Cook if he's released. Now he's released, Kliss reports it looks like they're not going to make a move. This is all about money. Yeah. I mean, Sean Payton wants a full stable of running backs. He's not going to pay a ton of money to one of them. He wants to have multiple. Even when he had Reggie Bush as a rookie, second overall pick in the draft, Deuce McAllister was sure. still the guy right. at running back that year. So that that's – if you're looking for the biggest payday, that's not the place to go. Now, the Broncos could maybe jump in if there isn't somebody else out there that offers him a ton of money. And I've since heard, yeah, the Broncos aren't out of it, but it's, yeah, it's just, just the yeah, price no is not land right, rush yet. right. Right. Now. Right. Right. Yeah. You yeah. just gotta you gotta let you gotta let the player come to terms with the fact that that ten point four million he was supposed to make this year in Minnesota is gone. It's never coming back. Forget about it, wipe it out completely. It's a new reality now. You got two million in hand. How much more than that is someone gonna offer you? And is it gonna be enough to get you to play? And I assume it will. The question is where. And I agree with you, I'd take a little bit less if I were him. 
Look at the Le'Veon Bell example. Yeah. You go from a place where the offense is suited to you, you get thrust into a Jets team that was building from the outside in instead of the inside out. They didn't have the infrastructure to get the most out of him. Right. And he languished, and that was that. You want to go somewhere where you're going to be able to make things happen. Yeah. And maybe he can make things happen even with a bad offensive line. I mean, he, he had he a can. habit of making some big plays in That's Minnesota. Right. So. right. Yeah. I, I, I still think the Cowboys, if the Cowboys – are leaving the door open for Ezekiel Elliott, they should seriously consider Dalvin Cook as the alternative. I think Dalvin Cook with Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn, that would be a pretty damn potent threesome in the Cowboys' back. Oh, it'd be awesome. I mean, that would be great. But I think it goes back to what you're saying there. Dalvin Cook's price tag's going to go down. Ezekiel Elliott, they know they can get for around the league minimum, right? They We know as you've just discussed, he went out in the market and realized, okay, nobody wants me, so... Do the Cowboys still want me in a very low price? I don't think Dalvin Cook's price tag is going to be in the same category as Ezekiel Elliott. He's in a different stratosphere as a runner right now. You know, again, like we talked about, Dalvin Cook, he, what was he last year? I mean, sixth in the NFL in rushing behind an offensive line that was solid but not great, right? I mean, that, that says a lot, and that's where I think he does need to hold strong. Don't just sign for somebody for 3 or $4 million. Do your best. He's still a difference maker. He's going to get a team here that's desperate that, that'll pony up for him a little bit. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to be Dallas, especially with the Pollard, you know, $10 million tag on him already. We need to take a break, and maybe this is something we'll circle back to before the end of the week. But it really is vexing to try to figure out what the Vikings are doing. And I really do believe this is part of a strategic rebuild on the fly as they wait for a franchise quarterback to materialize however it happens whether it's finishing low enough in the standings and high enough in the draft order that they can strike next year and move on from Kirk Cousins but when you look at all the names that are gone and you look at this decision to move on from Dalvin Cook when it, he could still help the team win some games and the defense may be improved enough that they could be contenders in the NFC I really do think that the Vikings have shifted into a plan, Chris, that is founded upon getting a 10 to 15 year high end quarterback at some point. It goes back to the comments Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the GM of the team, made last July when he said, Hey, we don't have a a Tom Brady, we don't have a Patrick Mahomes. We have to make do with what we have. Yeah, I, I it's you know, it's not easy to get those. You know, and I, these are some of your great quotes here because you're a frustrated Vikings fan for sure and some of your articles, but like, uh, I, I'm, I'm a little confused too, but it looks like they're, they're taking the approach of like something we talked about a few weeks ago, Mike, that they looked at it and, uh, you know, for me, it looks like they're going, we don't think we can really win it this year and we're going to cut some fat here and trim a few things to, you know, make ourselves better in the future. That's kind of what looks like going on, especially with that and even the Daniil Hunter conversation we had last night and him being available for teams and trade uh i think you're right mike i think that's where the vikings heads are i've had some requests requests already that we make some purple purgatory t-shirts uh, i don't think we'd be infringing on any trademarks it always kind of bothers me when i see shows and websites that make these these t-shirts that are clearly infringing on names images and likenesses of other people and and i guess they just dare folks to to try to sue them. I, I've never been a fan of that, but I think we'd be fine with Purple Purgatory. Maybe we should send in the paperwork to get that trademarked. It has been my life for the last, not quite 50 years, 
Maybe 50 years. Yeah. Eh, it was 1973 or 4 that yep. I first discovered them. So, yes, 50 years. Yeah. You're flies getting, by. You're getting old. 50 minutes yep. flies by, too. Be- before we go, um, I-, I-, I thought of this earlier when you said turning a blind eye. I had never really thought about this because you got it right. Yeah. I- but, like, the a blind eye. No yeah, the blind eye is blind. If your eye is blind, you don't need to turn it. Mike, uh, why are you turning it? That's why I just, that's when I said it out loud because it's not something that I say. <laughs> I said it out loud. I was wait. I was like, wait, I must have messed that up because if it's a blind eye, you can't see anyway. So what the hell are you talking? I don't know. So, what, dude, there's no reason to turn so it. So maybe explain. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not smart enough to figure it out. But that's exactly why I asked myself or looked at you to go, wait, I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> it was a simsism. At inception, exactly. when they coined it right <laughs> in the late 1600s, <laughs> one of your ancestors apparently was responsible for coming up with that yeah. one. All right, let's take a break. Aaron Rodgers heaped some praise on a couple of teammates who were in kindergarten when Aaron Rodgers was a rookie, and that's not an exaggeration. More PFT Live right after this. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 